You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. Here, and they, they are coming. Let's keep our hands up there, if you would. And All right, Brother Jeff's coming. So, Jordan, you need one, right, buddy? Okay, and then we have over here as well. Oh, you're good. All right, anybody else? Go on the blank sheet. Pen? Okay. How many of you are blown off the road tonight from the, the wind out there? Good night. Tell you what. You, yeah, you rode your bike here, didn't you, buddy? Ecclesiastes chapter number 3. I want to welcome our guests here from Atwater, California, the whole line of people here back uh, coming down vacation. If you remember last year in August, we had uh, Pastor Richard Miller, and that's their pastor, and he was here preaching for us, and uh, we loved him, so that was great. Ecclesiastes chapter number three in your Bibles, and uh, we're going to cover the whole chapter today. We've been taking... uh, Bite-sized kind of pieces there. I'd say bite-sized, 10, 12 verses each. But uh, we're looking at Ecclesiastes chapter number 3. Thank you so much, ushers, for getting those out there. <clears throat> and uh, I remind you that we've been announced, we announced a few times that we're going to be having a new Wednesday evening format starting uh, in the middle of, of, of March next month. We're going to have more prayer time uh, and more fellowship time, and then we'll still have the preaching and teaching in the... Uh, from the Bible, of course, and Ecclesiastes, it'll be the same time, but we're just going to make our prayer time a little bit longer and have some different groups, and I'm very, very excited about it, and so we're going to be announcing uh, all of that to you soon, and if you're, I'm afraid of change, well, don't be, this is going to be good, and it's going to be great for us, okay? Ecclesiastes chapter number three, verse one, to everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Let's just review for a second before we pray of uh, just keeping in mind what we're talking about here. Of course, the, the theme that we're using for the book of Ecclesiastes is the emptiness of life without God. The emptiness of life without God. And uh, Solomon tried a bunch of experiments. Remember his theme, his thesis that he put forth there was vanity of vanities, all is vanity. For what profit hath a man of all the labor which he taketh under the sun? You know, what good does it all do? And he begins to go on this incredible search for meaning and this incredible search for purpose in life. And he says, okay, well, I'm going to look at wisdom and see does wisdom, if I gain more earthly wisdom and knowledge, would, would, that, would that make me feel more fulfilled and help me to find the joy and fulfillment that I'm looking for in life, and and that didn't do it. Then he tried pleasure. He tried food and drink and entertainment. Then he tried treasure, and he asked if if things could bring fulfillment to him, and everything uh, brought him back to the same conclusion that no, none of that was going to uh, fill that God-shaped empty spot in his life. And then also, uh, he, so in, in chapter 2 at the end there, if you remember last week, he began to hate life, therefore I hated life. And uh, came to a bit of a humbling time. And then he came to a conclusion at the end of the chapter that he has several times through the book where he says that we ought to enjoy life as a gift from God. Enjoy life as a gift from God. So we don't really know when he wrote this book. 
But throughout the book, it's pretty clear that I believe that, he, that Solomon did write it. But so maybe at the end of his life, we do know that he uh, uh, married a lot of ladies. A lot of, uh, he had a lot of wives, a lot of concubines, a thousand total to be exact. And we know that, the, the, that his wives turned his heart away from God. And so maybe it was at the end of his life, before he died, he came back to himself a little bit and, had, and uh, wrote this. This is really uh, internal things that he's thinking about uh, as he's writing here. So, but we don't really know uh, how it came to be at the end of his life. But we do know that he came to some good conclusions. And uh, so we're looking at that. Now we're in chapter 3. And really, the message tonight, this chapter focuses on time. Time. And I've entitled this, Time Flies When You're Having Fun. And he mentions in here that, hey, enjoy the life that God has given you. We're going to look at that, but we're going to deal with the topic of time tonight. So let's pray. And we're not just looking at time itself. We're looking at our time on earth. Let's pray and we'll dive in. Father, tonight we pray for your help and blessing upon the message. God, I pray that you would uh, help me to be focused on what needs to be said today. Help me not to say things that should not be said. I pray that you'd give us insight into your word. I pray that you'd help us to uh, apply the word of God to our hearts tonight to see that we fit into the categories here that are mentioned in scripture. So speak with us tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to show you some things tonight about our time on earth, first of all. Some observations of Solomon, and then we're going to get to some applications at the end. Number one, would you write this in? Our time is seasonal. And I'll explain what I mean by that. The time on earth that we go through, it's seasonal. That's verses 1 through 8. Let's look at it together, if you would. To everything there is a season. That took a lot of work to get to that, didn't it? It's right there. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, every matter, every event under the heaven. There's a time for everything. There's a purpose for everything. A time to be born, time to die. These are things in God's hands. You didn't control when you were born. You're not supposed to control when you die. That's up to God. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill. And a time to heal, a time to break down, and that's not talking about dancing, okay? I'm talking about breaking it down, that's not it. Time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh. And maturity tells us when those times are appropriate, right? Uh, uh, Being mature means I know how to act in every situation, all right? You don't have confetti at a funeral, you know what I mean? There's a time to laugh, there's a time to mourn, and then it says here, uh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, A time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away. I heard someone say that's the verse that that gives the okay for garage sales, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to rend or tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak. It's a big one there, huh? A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. So he's saying that there's a time for everything, but it's not always time for the same things. And life is seasonal. Our our world goes through seasons. Farmers, they count on seasons uh, for their, uh, I almost said flocks, their crops and different things. God ordered nature and placed natural laws to govern it. And I think God also was good enough to give us uh, seasons, for, not only for the sake of uh, uh, seed time and harvest and all that, but for the sake of variety. Uh, I, I like having different seasons, don't you? 
Now, I know in California we only have two of the four seasons, but, uh, you know, it seems like unless you go to the mountains and you can get some snow, and, and recently it's been pretty cold, feels a little bit more like winter now, but, uh, but we, we don't have the, the vast difference in seasons like other people, other uh, uh, states and countries do, but we do have a difference there, and I thank God for that, and uh, we go through these different seasons, and I wonder tonight... What's your favorite season? Maybe it's winter. Maybe it's summer. Uh, when you're in winter, it's probably summer, right? When you're in summer, you're looking forward to the fall or winter. I love the fall. I love the fall. I love winter. I like it cold. And so this is right up my alley here. But God has done this, uh, give us seasons. And, and as time goes on, our, our lives go through seasons. I'm in the season of life now at 38 where I can't play basketball without getting hurt. That's the season of life I'm in. I was talking with someone recently, and I think it was on Sunday, and they said, you know, I eat the same way I used to eat when I was 20. It's just it, it doesn't burn off anymore. It just stays with me. You know, there's different seasons. And then people, you know, you get older in life, and now you're in a different season of life than you were when you were younger. But even sometimes at work and sometimes, uh, you know, you go through the, a sickness or something, and, or maybe there's a, a time of mourning in your life, that there are seasons in life. You know, and, and trials come in seasons and for reasons. And, and everything comes in a season. And uh, we're not going to start singing the circle of life tonight or anything, okay? I know you, some folks are going to Disney. You can do that when you're there. But, but we're, you know, we're not going to do that. But we're talking about these seasons in life. There's, you know, he says here, and these are applying to man. There's a time to be born. There's a time to die. There's a time to pluck up or pluck down. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. And, and I find that, you know, God has, has made it so that not only our world's in season, but that we are constantly going through different seasons. Now, here's the thing about that. Would you write this in? Every season has a purpose. Every season has a purpose. I'm not just talking about spring, summer, fall, winter. Every season of life that you're going through has a purpose. So as God is bringing you through things, and we're looking here and seeing that, that these are things that God controls. God controls when we die or when we're born, these different things. Y your life is under the control of God too. And you go through seasons in life. And uh, you may not like the season you're in, but seasons don't last forever. Seasons change. And I wonder tonight what season you are in. Maybe you're in a time of mourning. Maybe you're in a time of, of everything's going great and there's laughter and there's joy. Maybe you're in a time where, hey, you know, there, it's a time of trouble in your life. It's a season of, of change and everything's moving and changing and there's some insecurity. And, and we go through those different seasons in life. And next year in your blank, as time continues on in life, we have to learn how to properly navigate those seasons of life. We have to learn how to navigate those changes. Because life doesn't stay the same. Now, I know we like the same. You had the same chair in your house for the last 50 years. You drink the same, you know, Coca-Cola, only that. I drink the same coffee, whatever it is. We don't like change, but change comes. And we have to know how to properly navigate the different seasons of life. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But these first eight verses, I'm seeing here that our time on earth, we go through seasons. Can I say, secondly, as we look at the next uh, set of scriptures here, I think we can see that our time is subjective. Our time is subjective. Now, that doesn't mean 
that time itself as a concept is, is subjective. It changes based upon what you feel or think. We, we can measure time. We know time doesn't change by how I feel about time. We can measure time. We all have watches and clocks and, and uh, iPhones that tell us what time it is and Siri and all that kind of stuff, you know. But, uh, but, but time to us is very subjective in our, in our usage of it and in the passing of time. We, we even say phrases like, time is flying by. Well, that's just how you feel about time. Time is still ticking the same way, but you feel like it's flying by. We say, where did the time go? Time is just dragging on in, in math class today or English class or, or whatever class, you know, social. Do you have social studies anymore? What's it called now? There's history and all this other stuff. And it's just dragging on. Pastor's message is dragging. No, no, okay, hopefully not. Hopefully not. But, uh, it, you know, it, it, I hope you're like, man, where'd the time go? It was so great. And who knows? But, uh, but we, we have those subjective feelings about time, and it's based upon how we feel at the moment. Look at the verses here, verses 9 through 15. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? Hey, we did all this work. We, we spent all this time working. What do we have to show for it? I have seen the travail. Now, again, he's using the words travail and laboring, which... The connotation there is toil. It's, it's something almost slightly miserable. And he's saying all this stuff that we're doing, this travail, this labor, which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it, he hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he hath set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice... And to do good in his life. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. What God does lasts forever. We get that. Nothing can be put to it nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it that men should fear before him. That which hath been is now and that which is to be hath already been. In other words, you know, nothing new under the sun. It's all circle. It's the circle of life all over again. And God requireth that which is past. Now, the question I want to ask, and we're talking about how he's viewing his work, how he's doing his labor. He's saying, I'm spending, we're spending as men all this time, mankind, laboring and working. And what do we really have to show for it? And this is all stuff that God gave us to do. But, 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 but what do we have to show for this? And then at the end, he says that God requireth that which is past. He's saying of all the things that has happened, God's going to require it of us. God's going to ask us and, and keep us accountable about it. So, you know, what are we doing with our time? What, what gets the priority in your life? If we're viewing time by, by, by these things like we say, hey, you know, it's, it's flying by, it's dragging by. The way we view time matters. So I'm wondering, how is your view of time affecting your priorities? I think that's a good thing to ask. Now look what it says here in verse 9. Again, he's saying, look at all this time I've spent working, and, and what do I have to show for it? Verse 10, he says, I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. To be exercised means to be preoccupied with. And, and it really seems like Solomon thinks that God is just giving us busy work. 
You know, just do your stuff and enjoy life and go to work every day. Just keep busy and then go to heaven. That's, that's almost the view that it seems like Solomon took there. And then he says in verse 11, though, he says, he, that hath, he hath made everything beautiful in his time. And that's a great verse. That's a great phrase. We love that. But then he says, also, he hath set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from beginning to end. The word world there, he has set the world in their heart. It's an interesting word because uh, it could be often translated forever or eternity. He said eternity. He set forever in their heart. So there's a time element to that word. And as you're reading through here, verse 11 says, in his time. It refers to in his life in verse 12. It refers to... um, In other places, I think it's verse 15 or 16, he refers to time again, that which is past. He's all referring to time in this passage here. But that word world there, he's saying he's put the world in our heart. He's basically saying that that we have a set time on this earth. He's put this world to our heart. And then he says we cannot see all that God does, but we're going to have a desire for the eternal. We're going to have a desire to know those things, but we're not going to know them. Look, he says he has put the world in our heart. He's put something that's eternal, something that uh, it has a time element to it. We're going to want to look into those things so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. And he's basically saying there, you know, you're not going to understand all that God does. He's given you a limited time. We can appreciate what God's done. We're not going to understand it all. All we've got to do is just follow what the Lord says to do. And then in verse 12, I know there is no good in them. And he's saying that there's, no, there's nothing better than uh, but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. So uh, nothing better for us to do. Now, no matter how we view the time we're living in, no matter how we view the time that we're living in, we have to remember that God is still on the throne. We have to remember that. We have to keep in mind that, look, no matter if you want to look at the news and you want to see the day and age in which we're living, and you want to view our age and our time subjectively and thinking this is the worst in human existence, you can view it that way. But God's still on the throne. If you want to look at our country and our world and say, hey, it's never been better. Everything's going the right way. It's wonderful. You can, you can do that, and I, I think both of those are wrong. But God is still on the throne. And we've got to keep that in mind. And he says here at the end, and you know, there was someone that said one time, fear God and we need fear nothing else. Fear God and we need fear nothing else. Verse 15 basically, again, just is saying that God's going to require an account of us. So we need to use our time properly. Now I'm setting all this up because we're going to give you some, some practical lessons in just a minute. So our time is seasonal. Our time is subjective, how we view our time on earth. But also our time is short. Our time is short. Verses 16 through 22. Let's look down there if you would, please. And moreover, I saw under the sun the place of judgment, that wickedness was there, and the place of righteousness, that iniquity was there. I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. I said in my heart concerning the estate or the condition of the sons of men that God might manifest them and that they might see that they themselves are beasts. For that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beasts. Even one thing befalleth them as the one dieth, so dieth the other. Yea, they have all all one breath, 
so that a man hath no preeminence above a beast. Preeminence means advantage, has no advantage above a beast. We don't live and they die. I mean, he, he, in his mind, he's saying we're no better than them because we're going to die too. This is vanity, for all is vanity. It's empty, it's futile, it's meaningless. All go into one place. All are of the dust, and all turn to dust again. Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward, and the spirit of beast that goeth downward to the earth? It doesn't sound like Solomon thinks that your pet's going to be with them in heaven. This is the spirit of man goeth up, the spirit of the beast goeth down to the earth. Wherefore, I perceive that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his own works, for that is his portion, for who shall bring him to see what shall be after him? So we see our time is seasonal, our time is subjective, but now he's saying our time is short. We're going to die just like the beasts are going to die. I had pets growing up as a kid. We had a chihuahua for 16 years, and the, the, the chihuahua is no longer with us. Uh, you know, the, the, everything goes that way. The, the, the animals that we have, we as humans, uh, you wouldn't like to talk about it, but that's just how it is. But these verses also continue the last thought of verse 15, that God is going to require that which is past, basically saying God's going to confront us about that. God's going to talk to us. There's going to be a judgment coming is what he's saying there in uh, verse number 17, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. And, uh, and, and again, as we saw in our last lesson last week, that, that, that Solomon refers to there's one event that's going to happen to everybody. That one event is death. You can't stop that. And he says, because of that, we're no better than the animals. We have no advantage over them because we're all going to die too. But uh, time, it, it, time doesn't stop for anybody. You know, sometimes it seems like we think that when we die, like the world stops. You know, it's over after, no, the world keeps going. And nothing, time doesn't stop for anybody, and it doesn't stop when we die. And once we die, there's nothing we can do more here. In fact, in verse 22 at the end, he says, for who shall bring him to see what shall be after him? Once we're gone, we don't, we don't get to come back and see what happens. Once it's done, it's over. So what's his conclusion? His conclusion is, hey, just enjoy the life that God has given you while you're here on earth. I think that's a good conclusion. I think we ought to enjoy life. So our time is seasonal, subjective, and short. But what are some lessons we can take away from this? So let's dive in here quickly tonight. Let me say this, number one. Because our time is seasonal, enjoy your season. Don't just endure it. Enjoy it. Don't just endure it. Oftentimes in life, we don't enjoy our season, we endure our season. And we're waiting until the next season because we think, when, that next, when this ends, then I'll finally be happy. Do you remember as a teenager, all of you that are non-teenagers anymore, do you remember what it was like to be a teenager? I remember, some of you are like, it was 100 years ago, I don't remember it. Uh, yeah, it was a long time ago for, for some folks. Uh, I, it's been a long time for me. But I remember as a teenager being 13, thinking I can't wait till 14 so my dad will start taking me to drive. Because I, you know, I wanted to learn how to drive. He was going to take me and teach me at 14. And then it was when I was 14, I can't wait till I turn 15 because when I turn 15, I get to get my permit. And then when it was I turned 15, the day I turned 15, I get my permit. I'm sitting in class, and I'd taken it early, my, my driver's ed class. I get my permit, and I don't know what the rules are in California. How old do you have to be to have a permit? Do you guys know? 16? 
15 and a half? 15 and a half. Okay. All right. Well, whatever it is, it's too early. Anyway, but, uh, and then I remember when I was 15, it was, I can't wait till I turn 16 because the day I turned 16, I went, I drove and got my license. I picked it up. And then it was, you know, I can't wait till I'm 18 because 18 is the magic number, right? Just turning 18 is like, I'm finally a man. And then turning, I couldn't wait till I was 21. And we spend our lives just wanting the next season. We're going through something, and it's a difficult time, but we're not enjoying it, we're enduring it. Now, I know, like when you read the Bible, there's a lot that says that we have to endure, and the, and the Bible word there is patience, means endureth, long-suffering is the word we accompany with patience, but, but the Bible word is, is, to, uh, is to have patience, is to endure, and, and yes, we need to endure. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ, endure, but there's nothing wrong with enjoying life. You can, you can go through life enduring a trial but still have joy in that trial. And so don't just, you know, whatever season you're in, I don't know what season you may find your life in, but don't just endure it. Enjoy it. Enjoy where you are. Some, you know, if you ever read uh, in school or anything, uh, what was it, uh, The Tale of Two Cities, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Someone said, whether it's the best of times or the worst of times, it's the only times we got. And that's true. It's, today is the only day you get today. And you, we can spend our life uh, with our lip on the ground. We can spend our life whining or complaining and enduring and getting through it and always under the circumstances and always, you know, like Eeyore with a little cloud following us around. And look, I, I'm not making light of trials because people, I mean, look at our prayer list. People are going through trials, but can't, you, can't we have joy through them? You don't have to endure the rest of your life. You can enjoy the rest of your life. You know Jesus. You know God. You can enjoy it. I was watching my oldest daughter this last week, and she was just being silly, doing some stuff. And just being a little girl, you know, and, and she was just doing some things in our living room, and I was just watching her. And I was just, and it just like, one of those moments hit me where I was looking at this, this, this beautiful young, young lady, uh, my daughter, and thinking, in a couple years, she's going to be a teenager. In a couple years, there's going to be some low-down, dirty, scumbag young men that are going to want to date my daughter. And me and Brother Foe, too, and Anthony are going to have to bury these people somewhere. I'm thinking, thinking Nevada. I'm thinking that's where we can get them. You got a truck, brother, throw them in the back, and these guys are done. I got a gun and a shovel, no one's going to miss them, all right? But, uh, no, I'm I, was, I was looking at these, I was looking at my daughter thinking, you know, she's going to be, before long, she's going to be a senior graduating. Before long, she's going to be in college. Before long, and, and it just hit me like, I don't want to do any enduring at this moment. I want to enjoy, enjoy the four kids that we have at home. We're enduring the dog right now, all right? We're enduring Bowser, but we're enjoying our children. And, uh, and you have to kind of have those moments in life. Now, here's the thing. Write this in if you would. Change brings insecurity to a lot of people. And the thing about seasons is seasons are always changing. And so if things are always changing in life, that can bring insecurity to a lot of people. And, and boy, I just wish we had something that never changed. 
The Lord never changes. God doesn't change. So, so what do you do when all, everything's changing in life? Write this in. God gives you stability during the changing seasons of life. Because he's the one thing that doesn't change. I am the Lord God, I change not. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's always the same. You can always count on him to be exactly how he is. You ever have a boss that was temperamental? And one day you walk in and it's like, hey, you're my best friend. And man, I'm just so glad that you work here. And the next day it's dragon breath, you know, ah, chewing you out. That's no fun. God's always the same. He's always there. And so when life gets difficult and you're going through different seasons, boy, then you, you run to God. We know uh, a friend of ours, uh, a family, uh, a friend of, of my wife's especially for, for a long time, they are no longer pastor and pastor's wife. They stepped down, they retired. And, and, and right now, the, the pastor's wife was a pastor for so many years. But now she doesn't know where she fits. She doesn't know what to do. There's some insecurity there. And because for so long, this is what she was. This is what she did. And now seasons have changed. What do you do? You hold to God's unchanging hand. That's what you do. Charles Spurgeon said, the seasons change and you change. But the Lord abides evermore the same. And the streams of his love are as deep, as broad, and as full as ever. When you're dreading, and it could be that you're dreading something in the future. It could be that you're, you can't wait for something to change in the future. But, but I want to just encourage you, hold to God's hand, learn your lesson, and enjoy your walk with him through this life today. You only get today one time. Enjoy today. I know it's easier said than done, but don't just endure life. Enjoy it. Secondly, because our time is subjective, I'd encourage you this, prioritize. Because time is subjective, you got to be selective. And that would have been a better point. Wrote that in later. Because time is subjective, prioritize. you got to be selective with what you do. Solomon said in verse 9 there, what do we have to show for all of our labor? Well, look, if you're laboring for the wrong things, you won't have anything to show for it. But if you're laboring for the right things, there will be rewards to show for it. We need to make sure our priorities are straight, that we're laboring for the right things. You know, you ever go to work a day, you get done working, you come home tired, you did all, you, you had a full day at work, all this stuff going on, busy, 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 you come home and you're exhausted and you think to yourself, I'm so tired, but what did I get done today? You ever have a day like that? I have days like this, you know, where, where I'm getting phone calls, I have my agenda of what I want to get done that day. And then just this gets thrown off this, and I'm busy all day long. I come home, I'm exhausted. I come in the door and I sit down and I think, but, but what did I really do today? What did I really accomplish? And some days are like that. You know, why did I not get things done? What is my labor accomplishing? I want to encourage us to prioritize. I read a story about a painter named Adolf Menzel who was painting, uh, had a painting in the Berlin Art Gallery, and he was gonna, they were going to hang it in the art gallery, and I think it's still there, actually. But he, it was called Frederick, Frederick the Great's Address to His Generals Before the Battle of Luthen. That's a long name. I like Mona Lisa. <laughs> this is Frederick the Great's Address to His Generals Before the Battle of Luthen. He didn't finish it. 
It was partly finished. He spent two years on this painting, and, uh, and uh, it was supposed to be the, uh, Frederick the Great there speaking with his generals in this kind of a semicircle. He painted the background. He painted all the generals, but he left the king to last. And so the chalk outline was made, but he never finished it before his death. He left the most important person in the painting out of the picture. The king wasn't even in the picture. I think for a lot of our lives, that, that sums up us. The king is not in the picture at all. It's the, he's the last one to go into our painting. He's the last one, in our, the last one we think about. But life's never going to work with, with God on the periphery. Now, life is never going to work if God is just thrown in at the last second. No, Jesus has got to be first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Put, put Jesus first. Prioritize. Look, your life, you can look at it as going slow. You can look at it as going fast. As a teenager, I thought life was going so slow. As a middle-aged man now, I feel like life is zooming by. I feel like I got one foot in the grave already sometimes, you know. What I'm saying is it seems to go so fast, but, but no matter what stage you're in, you need to keep Christ first. Oh, I've got time for that later. That's how you're viewing time. But you don't know if you've got time for that later. You better put Christ in first. That's the most important person. Don't leave him till last. He gets first place. Machiavelli said, the more sand has escaped from the hourglass of our life, the clearer we should see through it. Years ago, I bought all of our staff hourglasses. Probably it caused a lot of stress in their life. You know, they're using it, they flip it over. Oh, i got to get stuff done. But uh, the more sand drains out of it, the more you should be able to see clearly through it. What's it saying there? As we're getting older, our priorities should be getting clearer and clearer. It should be getting clearer and clearer what really matters in life. Hey, as you're getting older, and I'm not calling anybody in here old. I almost said some people's names, but that would have been wrong. But I'm not calling anybody old. But as you're getting older, are your priorities becoming more and more clear? With age comes wisdom, right? So we should be, hopefully, we should be clarifying what our priorities are. And I challenge you teenagers, make sure your priorities are straight. Make sure your priorities are right. God first, Jesus first. So we have here, our time is seasonal. Enjoy your season. Don't, enjoy, don't just endure it. Because our time is subjective, prioritize. But lastly, because our time is short, redeem it. Redeem the time. This goes right along with the last point. But let me explain it in a different way. In Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, see then that you walk circumspectly or mindfully, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Uh, redeeming means making good use of. So you could say it this way on, on the sheet there, on the blank. Walk mindfully as wise people making good use of the opportunities God has given you. Walk mindfully as wise people, not as foolish people, making good use of the opportunities God has given you. So prioritize your time, but also make sure that you are taking the opportunities that God is putting in your life. He's putting in front of you. Why? Because as we saw in those verses, there's a judgment seat coming. There's a judgment seat coming. Oh, I'll have time for that later. You don't know that you'll have time for anything. And why would we want to waste time now anyway? Prioritize your time. Prioritize your life. Be selective with you, but also redeem the time. Take the opportunities that God has placed in front of you. Take the opportunities. There's a judgment seat coming. Now look, I want to just say this as well. Laughing 
and enjoying life is not a waste of time. That's a good thing. Redeem the time. Now, if you're just partying 24-7, okay, maybe you're wasting some time. But, but that's part of life as well, times of laughter and enjoying the life that God give, gives to you. But spending hours on the news getting more and more depressed, is that redeeming the time? Did that help your spirit to go on and read about how this church is doing this and that person's saying this and this person's being attacked for this and this person did, you know, does that, does that help us? Is that a good use of our time? Are we making the most of the opportunities God has given to us? Abraham Lincoln said the best thing about the future is that it comes one day at a time. And God gave you today. God gave you today. Boast about yourself of tomorrow. That knows not what a day may bring forth. Don't boast about tomorrow like, oh, this is what I'm going to do and this is how I'm going to live. You don't know what tomorrow may bring. Live today. What is your life? It's even a vapor which appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. We spend our years as a tale that is told. So our life is, is fleeting, but we have today. So what are you doing for God today? Thankfully, you're in church tonight or you're watching online, hopefully. But uh, use it for God. Redeem the time. Make good use of your time. Find the opportunities that God is putting in front of you and use them. So as we're leaving here, there's an organizational leader, Harvey McKay. He said, time is free, but it's priceless. You can't own it, but you can use it. You can't keep it, but you can spend it. Once you've lost it, you can never get it back. So as we're looking through this tonight, what, what season are you going through? And maybe you feel like, man, it's a season of darkness Maybe you feel like it's a season of sorrow or suffering or, or trauma or fear or pain. I, I hope not. But can I say that, to encourage you that seasons don't last forever. They don't last forever. They're, they'll change. There has to be hope that things will get better, right? Because we know Jesus, there's always hope. But I also want to encourage you, don't just endure life. Try to, try to look for what God can do in your life to give you joy. It was Jesus who said that for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He went through the cross, but there was joy as he went through the cross. Tonight, are your priorities properly aligned with God's? Do you have your priorities lined up? Is Jesus first? Is he the first one in the picture, or is he the last one you try to throw in? And to be honest, sometimes we get so busy that he doesn't even make it in the picture. Or... Is he first? And then lastly, the last blank there, are you taking full advantage of the opportunities that God has given to you today? So really a challenge for us on this issue of time. How are we using our time? It is the most valuable commodity we have, is time. So let's take some advice here from Solomon, from Scripture, and use our time wisely. Father, thank you for the Word of God tonight. Thank you for the wisdom of the Word. And Lord, I, I pray for our people.